If you'll start making your way to your seats, that would be wonderful. It's great to see you this morning. I want to go ahead and give you some announcements instead of taking the time at the end of the services this morning and, uh, and uh, getting us distracted at the end. If you'll just pick up an announcement sheet, we have a lot of things going on. Of course, tonight we'll have our Thanksgiving service together at 6 o'clock uh, here, and I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we're going to be, uh, there's a turkey outside, so we're going to be having turkey. Uh, no, we're not. I, I've already, already been accused of I better not do that. But uh, we are going to have a good time together tonight, so mark your calendar for that. Of course, our men's conference is coming up at the end of January, and people are already uh, registering. $20 for the day. Uh, we're praying for 150 men in our community to come out, come out and be a part of that. And then uh, December the 4th, a very special Christmas play. You're going to be hearing about that more in just a minute. So as, that'll be in the evening. You can get your tickets or you can just show up. Uh, all that information is online on the uh, church website. And uh, please pick up a copy of the budget for next year. It's in the back and we'll be talking about that and voting on that uh, next week. Hey, I've already got a few recipes for the Crossroads cookbook. And if you have a recipe you want to submit... I got one from somebody this week by email, and at the top it said Little Debbie Cakes. That, that's not, uh, store-bought stuff is not what we're talking about. We're talking about real recipes, and if you've got one and you want to turn that in, uh, that would be wonderful. So it's so good to see you this morning. Let's prepare our hearts uh, for worship today. Elmer, you know it's only two weeks till Grandma's Christmas Eve dinner? I know, my little sugar dumpling. What do you want me to do? Elmer, do not call me that. Now, let's see. I've started a list. I'll ask Fester to get me some crawdads for my crawdads, grits, and beans casserole. Well, what do you want me to do, my little blueberry? Elmer, don't call me that. I can't help it. I just can't help it. Y'all better make your reservations for December the 4th, which is Saturday at 6 p.m. for the play and the Christmas dinner. Now, come on. Let's go check on Bessie the cow and talk about what else we got to do. Okay, sugar duck. Okay. Where are we going? That's Bert Reynolds. You will not want to miss, trust me, trust me, you will not want to miss uh, our dinner theater this year on uh, Saturday night, December the 4th. We will have a meal this year, and all monies raised will go toward our building fund. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, then on Sunday night at 6 o'clock, it's a first-come, first-served seating. There's no meal. There may be some cider uh, but there's no meal, and it's free, and you just come in and enjoy. The play this year lasts probably less than an hour. I would say, well, probably an hour. Well, maybe, I don't know. You know, when you get this group together, you don't ever know. But, uh, but anyway, I do hope that you do plan to come. Invite your neighbors and invite your friends. We do welcome you today on our special day of a celebration of what God is going to do within our church family. If you are visiting today, we have a nice little gift bag for you. Please see one of us. The gift bags are, I believe, they're right in the back as you go out into the little foyer there. And uh, please see one of us. Also, 
there's them little things on the back of your seats. You can take your phone and just kind of do that number to it. And if you have questions, see Jack. <laughs> That's it. Don't see me because I don't have a clue. But anyway, we have fun. And, uh, and let's begin our worship today. We're going to stand together and sing the song, Our God, Our God. Let's stand. All right. Let's sing out today. Psalm 107, 8 and 9 says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for the grace you've shown us. Thank you for how you've provided for us. We're thankful for the generations that you've sent to Crossroads for a hundred years of service to this community for the vision and dreams that you gave those early crossroaders, for the, the work that has been done in this community. We're thankful for your leadership and your guidance in this ministry. And we're thankful for the leadership that you've called now to crossroads. And we're thankful for their discipline and their desire to follow your call. God, I'm especially thankful for all the families represented here today, in person and online. And... Uh, their commitment, God, and their faithfulness to you. We have an opportunity today, God, to, to give back now with our tithes and offerings. We're thankful um, for this opportunity to show you our love and, and our worship for you. God, bless this service. We, we ask and, and we pray that it brings you glory and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Y'all did good too, girls. Well, you know what? If you know me, there's going to be a little humor because that's just who I am. I'm, I, you know, I think God didn't give us a sense of humor just to see some of the stupid and crazy things we do. I know he's in heaven looking down and saying, boy, what a, what a dummy. But uh, anyway, uh, fun fact I want to tell you about uh, crossroads. Just think of that word just for a minute and what it implies and what it means. Well, until this morning, I'd never looked up the word because I felt like I knew what it meant. But it, the Webster says it's a place of intersection, a crucial point, especially where decision must be made. The title of my little spill here this morning in this uh, service is, How Did We Get Here? Well, a little over three years ago, our church formed a pastor search committee, and they were tasked to find a new pastor. Well, I asked uh, Ronnie Gillespie, and he in turn asked some of the, the committee members this week, what were some of the care, characteristics and qualifications that were needed? And these were the ones that they included. Universal, spiritually sound, passionate, a viral visionary, Ronnie's note was C. Tripp. And so I called Tripp, and I still didn't understand his reply, but it's charismatic and confident, it basically is what it means. Is that right, Tripp? <laughs> uh, encourager, personable, a contagious leader, love, shepherd, and innovative. Well, after looking at those qualifications again, they searched the world over. And realizing Billy Graham had already passed away, uh, right here out of Robot, believe it or not, they found a guy named Jack Eason. And on September the 22nd, 2019, he preached his first sermon as our pastor. Well, um, a couple of the qualities that he had that weren't listed, but we got them anyway. One is an energizer bunny came to my mind. It's just... And he's good or, or bad or, or I don't know how you would say it, but getting people out of their comfort zone, uh, doing things that uh, they're not really used to doing, like standing up in front of a podium and talking. And, uh, and he said it this morning in our prayer. He said it's kind of like Peter stepping out of the boat on, in faith. So he's good at that too. Um, well, the growth in the attendance in our church was felt almost immediately. In about two months, in November of 2019, Jack approached the men's ministry about doing some in-house modifications of our offices space in our rooms. Uh, uh, picture architectural drawing number one, please. Uh, he was not called to be an architect. That wasn't part of it. That, that was our first drawing. Uh, you could sit there probably the rest of the service and try to make heads or tails because I had to try to do it. But basically, we moved their office space from over here to over here and made this wall to here and that wall to there and this door to there and put four holes in the outside wall and, and, and then removed that one about three feet so we can make it uh, acceptable for a classroom. But regardless, we got it done in-house. So thank you for that picture. I don't want you all to be muddled, so take that off. There you go. Uh, but we came up with a configuration that we currently use in our classrooms 
in office spaces, except for maybe a few interior walls that are still being changed and stuff. Well, despite all the COVID, COVID and the pandemic concerns and the health challenges, our, our staff and our church still found ways to minister and worship through 2020 and into 2021, and they still continue to do so. Well, early in October of 2020, uh, he was, Jack asked the men's ministry about possibly adding on the back of the Family Life Center. That's where we worship here today because it had been, been moved down here mainly because the social distancing and we could house more people down here. So at that time, let's get architectural drawing number two. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm standing at where it says exiting is somewhere around there. And the back was going to be the, anyway, whatever, the two rooms and the fellowship room. And I kind of scratched my head and said, thinking, you know, I could do this at my house on my shed on my barn and it'd probably be all right, but I'm not here on the church. So I pretty much just, we told them that it couldn't be done in-house. Well, shortly, about a week, week and a half later, uh, an email was sent to Angela Patterson, who was the chairperson of the stewardship at the time, and myself, which was the chairperson of the Long Range. And um, here's what it read this. This is what the email read. In talking to staff and deacons, I would like to map out a plan with your help to create Sunday school classrooms behind the Family Life Center. Help determine my next steps. So November, of 20, November the 1st, 2020, the staff, properties, long-range committees, stewardship committees, we started meeting and started praying and started brainstorming, seeking God's wisdom and leadership on this matter. And after many meetings in the following three to four months, and after much discussion, it was recommended involved to involve the service of, of an art, artifact, of an architect. <laughs> Yeah, I look at some of y'all, and y'all are artifacts. <laughs> yeah, you don't know which ones you're laughing at. Anyway, all right, so some more fun facts. In the past two years, our staff offices have gone, they were moved to here, but now they've gone away, and now they're being shared with some of the uh, Sunday school small group classes, and some of them are in, I'm not sure where their offices are at, but it, they still get their job done. Uh, approximately 37 new people have joined our church in the past two years. Uh, new homes and new subdivisions have emerged and continue to emerge in our area, uh, which is some of us are glad about it and some of us are not because of the... But, and the preschool has grown about five or six kids a year, and we're probably somewhere mid-70s. We'll just leave it at that number, somewhere 75, 78. Um, well, on September the 19th, 2021, our church voted overwhelmingly to make room, reach out, and do what God has called us to do. Well, about, uh, about two weeks ago, early part, of, uh, uh, early part of this month, uh, we got a newsletter. And I like what Jack said to kind of sum things up in the newsletter. So I'll close with this. We have begun the journey of a thousand, thousand steps with our historic, and I believe, a foundational first steps of making room for others, making room for those God is sending our way and for the next generation. 
As our area grows, we have answered the question of whether or not we will be ready for what God wants to do. We have answered the Lord with a loud yes to what he wants to do through Crossroads. I'm going to reread the fun fact about Crossroads. Crossroads means a place of intersection, a critical point, especially where a decision must be made. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Ronnie Gillespie, the chairman of our Building Faith team. First time he's ever spoken and not cried. <laughs> There's a first for everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I went after him instead of before him, by the way, because I knew he'd want to say something about me. Uh, well, he just told you how we got to where we're at today, and uh, I've got a little bit about where we're headed. Uh, if you have a, your Bible, I would encourage you uh, to turn to Psalms 127 got a couple of scripture references actually and I share my three to five minutes here about where we're headed. I, I was praying about what scripture to actually read and uh, it's funny how God just just shows you exactly what to say. So this was the first one that he uh, led me to, 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 to share with you all this morning. I'm going to do it for my version which is New Living version, so it's not the King James, but uh, it helps me understand it a little better. I'm just going to read a few verses. It says, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously waiting for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. And then the verse, the other verse, I think, which goes so much with what we're doing with building. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. You know, I think about where we're headed with a new building. And I think about why we're building it. And it's for the children. So I, I, I see God's work. And I see, you know, how he's been with us so far. You know, I think about the last project. A lot of you wasn't here, the last major project we had. We completed in 1998, just to let y'all know. That seemed like a long, long time ago, and it was. You know, the things that we overcome then, you know, where are we headed now? Uh, I think that's more of a question for God than it is for us. Where are we headed now? I think he has the answers to that. Uh, I, I, I look and I see what's going to happen out there and I say well is it about the building and uh, I don't think it is it's not about the building it's about the people because uh, the church is never about the building it's about the people in the building uh, from the future from the from the present to the future to the past you know I was thinking about our past and about uh, some of the people in our past that have you know, no longer here with us and what they meant to our church. And I, I started listing some names and some things that, that I thought about those people this week. And, you know, since I've been here in 1994 and, and what they meant to me and, and, you know, the generations to come, you know, after, you know, the next building project, whenever that happens to be, another 25 or 30 years from now, 
I hope, okay? Uh, so I won't be around anymore. Uh, but anyway, so I started thinking about, I, I just kind of started listing some names, and, you know, I, I was thinking about the men's prayer time we used to have uh, up there behind a little room in the sanctuary. And I think about some of those people that, that were there uh, and how we used to pray. You know, Joey was included, and, and, and Pastor Border was there, and I think about, you know, Greg was there, and I think about Lewis McDonald and how he used to pray for all of his children. You know, I think, you know, John was there, and uh, I think some others, you know, that were there praying. Uh, and I think those, those were foundations. I think about people like, and, and I can't forget Jack Capps and his prayers. I, I think if you walked up there now, you'd probably see where the paint's been crying from when he used to pray. Uh, because I think every person in there cried when he prayed. And uh, so I think about those people. And I think about people, again, like Lewis McDonald, Jack Capps, Bob Coates. Uh, I think about, you know, Randy Satterfield and the, the bear hugs that he used to have. Uh, Larry McMakin and, and his candy. You know, Jim Curtis and his singing and his, and his candy. Uh, Charlie Huey, when his visions and his prayer, he was part of our prayer group, and his visions. Uh, people like Barbara Massingale and her, her laugh that was, you know, like nobody else's. Uh, Glenn Goodwin and his singing, I think about, you know, Wilbur Satterfield's, you know, smile, his little smirky smile and how he always greeted you. Just people like that as part of our past, but, you know, where are we going with our future? You know, I think about the fact that I think right now we think it's a big obstacle, that money's the big obstacle, you know, as far as our planning happens to be. And we think, man, how can we do that? How are we going to do that? How are we going to pay for that? Well, we're not. God is. And, and I think about, and I, I got one other scripture, and it's taken from the book of Exodus. And for those that are, you know, if you know where, I'm going to chapter 14 in the book of Exodus. And the Israelites were about to cross the Red Sea. And they're standing there, and they've got this big obstacle in front of them. And, you know, I, I, and they, I think about them and their obstacle, and I think about us right now. Is it, is it really an obstacle? Or is it an opportunity? So, you know, and I, 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 I see Moses here, and I think about our leaders. Now, Jack, I'm not comparing you to Moses, by the way. Uh, but I think about our leader. You know, I see here Sonny talking about when we were in our pastor search committee. I got to tell you all, he didn't come from Roebuck. Okay? He was actually in our church. And we searched everywhere. Remember the pastor search committee, and he was here all all alone. Now, how do you think that happened? It's a God thing. Okay, so I look at Exodus, and this, and I see the people standing there, and I hear what Moses says to the people right before they encountered the Red Sea in verse thirteen. He says this, but Moses told the people, "Don't be afraid." Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians will see you today, will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. That's where we're at today. I mean, think about it. I mean, a lot of you are probably nervous about, well, man, this, this is going to cost X amount of dollars. Uh, I look at it more as... What's God going to do? 
You know, again, in 1998, I think we still had that same thing that we think of today. How is it going to happen? I think 25 years, 30 years from now, you know, I won't be standing up here giving this speech. Somebody else will be. Maybe it'll be Cole or, or Jimmy or some, I don't know, somebody, some young man or some Olivia. I don't know. It, it's a small person in this church, you know, a younger person in this church now. It won't be me. Uh, but I do know that God will still be in control. And I know that he has our future. And he has plans. And as long as we're, and, and like the scripture says, the children are a blessing. They're a reward. And as long as we keep, I think, building for, for him, letting God do, be in control, I, I don't see how uh, we could fail. Uh, I, I think back of the, uh, and I'm not a singer, so I'm not going to sing it, but I think of the words trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy with Jesus but to trust and obey. I think that's our two words I'll leave you today, trust and obey. Thank you. Church, we have to realize it's not about us, but it's all about him. And it's all to his glory. So let's stand together as we sing, To God Be the Glory. opportunity to introduce a video to you this morning um, but before I do that I want to share a, just a brief minute about our weekday preschool ministry here at Crossroads and I know you've heard a lot about that over the last few months um, and and you were supposed to hear from from Ashley this morning our director uh, but you're stuck with me today so I have the op, the uh, blessing to be able to serve on the board of directors for this ministry I get to serve as the chairperson uh, this year and, and so I get to um, see all the background and what's going on and, and, and what's in Ashley's heart and her mind as she's, as she's planning for the year, planning for these students. Um, and, and it's a different perspective for me now versus uh, how it was about 12 years ago when I was a parent of a child in, in one of the first classes of this weekday ministry. Um, we had 10 or 12 other students at that time. 
Um, here we are 12 years later. There's 77, 78 students in this ministry. And so you're impacted by this ministry, uh, whether you know it or not. There are 78 children running these hallways five days a week. Um, their energy is contagious. Um, the love of the teachers and their staff and, and everyone serving here, um, they're, they're taken over by these children. Um, we have a, a great opportunity to serve this community, and we, we already serve this community through this ministry. Um, and, and it's something that the majority of us don't even see or know that's even going on during the week um, because it's happening um, Monday through Friday from 9 to noon. And, and these kids, are they're awesome. Um, so we have an amazing opportunity to impact this community even further uh, with this project. Uh, you're about to hear uh, from one of our um, past parents who's had students come through this um, ministry. Her name's Amanda Frist. Uh, she's also a board of direct on the, on the board of directors at this time too. But um, I, please listen. Uh, I think you'll be touched by this message today. My name is Amanda Frist. My husband Dan and I have two boys who have attended Crossroads Weekday Preschool. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to get to share how this preschool program has impacted our family. The church that we attend does not have a preschool program. So in 2015, I started looking for other local churches nearby that did. I contacted three different preschools. One director never contacted me back. One director said she only had a spot for one of my boys. And then Miss Ashley, the director at Crossroads, who I truly believe is one of the best preschool directors on the planet, contacted me back and said she had spots available for both of my boys. I was looking for a place that encouraged my boys to grow academically, socially, spiritually, and emotionally. Crossroads Weekday met and exceeded all of my expectations. I loved picking the boys up each day and listening to them tell me about what they had made. My son Eli started in the two-year-old room and was in the same class with twin boys for three years. Even after they graduated preschool and moved on to different elementary schools, he has wanted to stay in touch with the twins. I'm so thankful that Crossroads Weekday gave him the opportunity to build such meaningful relationships. My younger sister had a baby girl, Maggie, in 2018. I get the joy of keeping her while her mom is at work during the week. I have referred several other friends to Crossroads Weekday, but there was something so special about getting Maggie signed up for the same experience as her older cousins. I love listening to her sing songs that she has learned from her teachers. Her current favorite is This Is The Day That The Lord Has Made. The special events like muffins for moms, donuts for dads, graduation celebrations, and Thanksgiving meals are so thoughtfully planned and give students the opportunity to express gratitude for others. When I actually try to pinpoint why I love Crossroads Weekday so much, it comes down to Jesus' words in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus is very clear that he wants us to love God and love others. The teachers at Crossroads Weekday do an excellent job partnering with parents to model how the love that we have in our hearts for God impacts the way that we love others around us. I hope that many other families will be impacted in the same wonderful way that we have been by Crossroads Weekday Preschool for many years to come. 
I believe that uh, children are children of the church is the future of the church. If we don't have youth and children, the church will die. And uh, I got to maybe, if the Lord allows me to live 20 more years, but I might not see the fruition of what come, occurs, but I believe that, um, you know, uh, we will see uh, the evidence in heaven. I remember when I, uh, my daughter was small, and she was all, we always taught her to pray, and God answered prayers. And I remember one summer, it was so rainy, and she was, uh, she was redheaded, and she had a temper. And she was bored, she, and she came in, and she was whining, and I got frustrated, and I said, well, I can't do anything about the weather. You talk to God. Well, I heard the front door open, and I, she stomped out, and she, she opened the door and got out on the porch. She, says, she looked up to heaven, and she said, God, I'm bored to death, and would you please let it stop raining? until I can go out and play. And she came back in, slammed the door, got her boots on, and she was prepared to go outside. Well, it stopped raining. And she got to play all afternoon. And that taught me a lot. You know, she believed what I told her. She believed God would answer her prayer. So if a child believes that, why can't we believe that? And I'm one that thinks, well, you know, that's a big mountain. But if Moses... It takes action. We have to take an action. All miracles of today of, of the Bible, there was a miracle, but it had to be acted on. And so I'm, I've, if God says it and we believe God is who he says he is, then we should believe it. And um, so we, we, we have to believe and, and put faith into action, and we'll see what God has in store for us. They say this mountain can't be moved They say these chains will never break But they don't know you like we do There is power in your name We've heard that there is no way We've heard the tide will never They haven't seen what you can do. There is power in your name. So much power in your name. Move the For there is still an empty grave. God, we believe no matter what, there is power in your name. So much. 
share a little verse, but as she was singing, it reminded me of a story that I was recently told. Um, I follow Carlos Whitaker. Um, He's a speaker and a pastor, um, and he travels all over the world speaking um, and giving truth, and he's the hope dealer. And um, I love that saying, hope dealer. Um, I think it's really pertinent in our community. Um, In 2019, his teenage daughter had a um, very severe lung disease. Um, I don't remember the name. Um, And so she was in the children's hospital for 27 days. And I just remember the videos on Instagram of her finally walking down the hospital hallway. And I was like, wow, what a miracle. This sweet teenager was in the hospital, filled with praise and prayer to be better. And then this last weekend, she ran a marathon. And I thought that was so cool. And I was like crying as I was watching this video that this sweet teenager, who I do not know, I've met Carlos a couple times, that in 2019, instead of giving up, she prayed, and her prayer was really, really powerful. And um, it was so cool to see her cross that finish line just through the videos, and that God's a miracle worker. Um, And it's just so, so great to just have that trust in God. So with that, let's pray. God, we thank you that you've given us each and every day to live for you, to worship you. God, we're just so, so thankful that um, we have you. What would our lives be without the hope that we have and the miracles that you do? God, we are at a crossroads with what do we do with our community? God, we believe that you've led us through this path to create this new building for the weekday preschool, for the children's ministry, to create ample space in our worship center, to point others to you, to reach the community and say, hey, 
There's something really special going on at Crossroads. I need to put my children in there. God, you're a miracle worker. We see this time and time again from healing to provisions. And God, we pray for your provision. We pray that if this is what you want us to do, which we truly, truly believe that you will make a way, that we might have to step out in faith and look at our budgets, but that you will provide. You always have. Jesus tells us not to worry about anything, to look at the birds in the sky and the flowers in the field, that they are not anxious and they do not worry, that you will feed them and you will clothe them. God, help us with that faith to really put all of our trust in you. God, we love you so much. In your name, amen. 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 Thank you, Kayla. Would you stand with me? I, I know that the posterior can only, or the head can only take as much as the posterior. Is that the saying? So I want to give you a chance to stretch for just a second. Uh, we, uh, most of you know we're not having small groups this morning, and uh, that doesn't mean we're going to go all day. We're going to try to be concise here, but uh, I'm going to ask you if you would just to pr- close your eyes and bow your heads for just a second and ask God one question. One question, if you would, and just just say, Lord, speak to me. Would you say that to him this morning? Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. You can have a seat. Uh, I want to share just a a few verses with you this morning. So if you want to turn to John chapter 6, we've heard a lot from from the team and a lot of our leaders already. So I won't... um, I won't waste a lot of time here except to say, now that I'm seeing diagrams that I have shown people in emails, I'm going to have to figure out a way for my emails to self-destruct when they land in email boxes. Um, and I want to quickly, quickly say, um, you have done for my family in the last two and a half years what you might think I've done for you. Uh, this, is, this is a team uh, effort. I just happen to be in the spot that I'm in as a part of our staff, one of the pastors. And uh, you guys, I, I'm honored. Um, you might think, and I know Sonny and some others might think that I lo- love change. I, I really don't necessarily love change. What I do love is seeing God work. And, um, you know, I, we don't have time this morning for me to give you my long history of people who have poured into my life, but I'm a direct result of all those people who have poured into me. So anything good in me, obviously, number one is from God, but number two, it's from people who have poured into me. And thankfully, early on in my life, much like Connie's story with uh, Alicia, I had people who challenged me to test God and to step out when there was no place to step, and I stepped there, and all of a sudden, God went and put something to stand on. And what that has done for me over my life is hopefully uh, increase my faith. I'll be honest, in the last two years, two and a half years being here with you, my faith has increased. And I hope that yours has. That's really the beauty of community. And what God wants to do in and through us is to build our faith and strengthen our faith. So when I look around and see some of the things that I see and and get challenged to do different different things, it's not that I'm just... Uh, mighty warriors we've been studying about in Ephesians. It's just that people who have poured into me have taught me about the importance of faith. The Bible even tells us that it's impossible to please God without faith. 
And so, uh, anyway, this journey that we're on is going to be is going to be interesting. We are on the first few steps of, of many. I'm thinking about a little boy that, in a service much like this, at the end of the service, they had a time of giving, which we're going to have at the end of our service today. And everybody on that particular Sunday, they came up and they they brought. You may have heard this story before. They brought their offering up to the front and they placed it in the front and. Everybody in the, in the congregation thought everybody was through, but finally at the very end, this nine-year-old boy slips out of the back and he comes down the aisle. And under his arm is his piggy bank. And he's carrying that ball. Uh, he thought, carrying it like a football under his arm. And he's carrying it, and it's rattling and it's shaking. And by this time, everybody's like, where's the noise? And they're kind of following this little boy down to the front. And he pulls the stopper out and he's shaking it and coins are hitting the, the front, the communion table and they're rolling off and people are chuckling and they're smiling and, and they're so uh, enamored by what he's doing. They're pulling out their phones and they're taking pictures of the little boy who's bringing his offering. And when he's convinced all the coins are out of it, he holds it up to the light and he, he's, he pulls out the paper money and he starts throwing the paper money on the communion table. When he's convinced it's empty, he puts the stopper back in and he starts to head back to his seat. And the pastor by now is like, okay, what am I going to do? Because all eyes are on this little nine-year-old boy. And so he calls him back up to the front. He knew who he was. He said, hey, Daniel, come here just a minute. And he has this microphone like I do. So he grabs a microphone and he says, Daniel, I got a quick question for you, buddy, before you go to your seat. Aren't you concerned? Aren't you, aren't you worried? You dumped all of your money out. I mean, everything out of your piggy bank, you, you dumped it all out. Aren't you concerned? Aren't you worried? And he said, this little boy, nine years old, green eyes, looked up at him and smiled and said, nope, because my daddy will fill it up again. <laughs> I thought about that story this week. At the end of that service, the pastor said, uh, there's your sermon for the day. We're not going to say that this morning. I do want to make a few comments, but there's a lot said in that. And uh, maybe there's a a New Testament story that would be very similar. It's in John chapter 6, if you want to turn there this morning. Just a few verses and a few points, and we will wrap up our time together. Many of you know this story, the little boy, the loaves and the fishes. The Bible says in John chapter 6, After these things Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and a great multitude was following him, because they were seeing the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. In other words, the crowd's following Jesus because he's a miracle worker. They want to see this guy who's performing miracles. Maybe don't necessarily want to follow him, they just want to be a part of the show. And Jesus went up on the mountain, verse 3, and he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. And Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing this huge multitude was coming to him, said to Philip, where are we going to buy bread that these may eat? And this he was saying to test him. For Jesus, he himself knew what he was intending to do. Philip answered and said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them for everyone to receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are these for so many people? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Biblical scholars say, counting women and children, it could have been 12,000, 13,000 people. Jesus therefore took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated, likewise also some of the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. 
And so they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. And when therefore the people saw the sign which he performed, they said, This is of a truth the prophet who is to come into the world. Great story. I, you know, I, I read stories like that in the Bible, and my immediate fleshly response is, man, I would love to be a part of a miracle like that. I would love to see something great like that happen. Uh, I would love to see something like that, quite honestly, great like that happen with us as a group, as a faith community, as Crossroads. I would love to see something great like that happen. And when you really think about these verses, there's a couple of things just quickly I want to point out to you. And the first one is in verse 6 where it says, Jesus asked Philip the question, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Just to test him. For he already had in mind what what he was going to do. Ronnie said this very well. God already knows the provision is there for where he's calling us to go. It's very hard in our flesh to see it because we only see with human eyes and natural the natural mind. But God already knows what's going to happen. God already knows if it's his will, as a friend says to me, if it's his will, it's his bill. God's already got the provision taken care of. God already knows something great is going to happen. Just like Jesus already knew something great was going to happen with the disciples seeing him feed all these thousands of people. He already knew. And God already knows. God already knows what the future of Crossroads is going to be. I I can't help but think a lot of those names that Ronnie mentioned to us. I wonder how they felt 24, 25 years ago when in God's providence they had a vision and God gave them a vision to build the space that we actually sit in right now. Thank God. Thank God. I'm not a prophet or a predictor. But had they not done that, and had we not had this space, let's, let's back it, go back in time for a little while and think about 14, 15, 16, 17 months ago. Where would we have been meeting? Would our church have become one of those like many in the state and many across the country who have for sale signs stuck out front now? I don't know. But in God's providence... In his vision unleashed to those people, they stepped out in obedience and in great faith. And we sit as a result in this place and we stand spiritually on their shoulders. Philip was a little nervous though about this when Jesus said, well, you know, basically, what are we going to do here? There's all these people and they're hungry. And, and Philip looks across the crowd and he answers, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them. Not even everybody would even get a little bit. It's easy, as has already been said, to think that this project that God is calling us to is about money. It's really not about money. It is about people. I think it's about people. I think it may be even about more than people. Maybe it's actually about faith. And one of the things God is teaching me is that oftentimes I'm more concerned with the destination than the journey. The destination's important, but maybe it's what God wants to teach me along the journey. Maybe it's how God wants to unify our church family behind something that we can only accomplish if we work together. Maybe it's a loud testimony to the community about what the church and the people of God think is important. Maybe it's a testimony to the community that that's what God is after more than even the building. Maybe it's about demonstrating to those around us who are in a world who are spiritually hungry what God's people can do when we put our minds and our hearts together. 
Many of you know that Joey and Gretchen and I got to go just a few short months ago to Malawi, Africa, and you hear us talk sometimes about Pastor Mark. And I remember one of the stories that he shared with me, I may have shared this with you as well some time ago, but on my first trip there about five years ago, we went to a different village than, than where we were able to go this past August, and we were in that village walking around, and he was showing me this little garden beside this little hut, and he began to share with me this story. He said, Pastor Jack, what often happens in this area, because we're a little bit closer to the jungle, is the monkeys will come in and they will get into the gardens of the people and they will steal their food. And when you make less than 50 cents a day, that's a big deal. And I said, well, Pastor Mark, what do they do? He said, well, it's very, it's very interesting what they do. They will, they will take a gourd and they will hollow out a gourd and they will put some fresh fruit in that gourd and they will sit that in the middle of the garden. And the monkey will come in the middle of the night, be bopping along and come to the garden because he'll smell the fruit and he will stick his hand into the gourd and he will grab hold of the fruit and then he can't get his hand out. And I'm like, so what's, what's the big deal about that? He said, Jack, the monkey will just sit down on the ground holding on to this fruit inside the gourd and the people will come out and they will capture the monkey and they will take it way out into the jungle and set it free. And as I was thinking about his story, I said, Pastor Mark, you may have just described most of us in America. Because the very thing that God has given us, the resources that he's given us that should be a tool to change the world, sometimes we clench onto them so tightly. And sometimes we're actually enslaved by them. And when I think about this story, I don't know what, I don't know what Andrew was thinking or what Philip was thinking, but... He was obviously concerned about the financial part of it. But then one of the other disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, chimed in and said, Hey, there's a lad here. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Maybe that's the other thing that you're wrestling around with this morning is how in the world will God bring in enough money with our size people, how, our number of people, how will he do that? It's a little song I learned when I was a, a kid in Bible school called Little is Much When God is in It. God does impossible math. All God is really asking for is our loaves and fishes. I had the privilege just a few uh, week or so ago to be, I mentioned this to you with uh, the producer of The Chosen and he was sharing his testimony, and I shared it with the staff last week, that uh, being the, the son of a best-selling author, and he got into media, and he made this film, and it went to the box office, and it crashed, and he was wanting to do these great things for God. And God said, no, just be faithful in your little church in Illinois. And he started being faithful in his little church in Illinois. And all of a sudden, this little film he made about Jesus at Christmas, all of a sudden got the interest of some investors and the next thing you know, he was creating this video series called The Chosen. And he said as he was praying about this, that the only thing he kept hearing in his mind was God does impossible math. Because when the producers came to him and said, this is what we want you to help you do, but the catch is, we want you to actually ask people to help financially fund it. He said, my answer when I heard that was, well, that was a good idea, that'll never happen. And then he put out on Facebook and social media, hey, here's what we're going to do, and ask people to help fund it. 
And you may or may not know the story, but long story short, it's the largest crowd-funded, community-funded, social media-funded media entity in the history of the world. And it's backed by brothers and sisters who love Jesus all over the country, all over the planet. And he shared with me, he said, it's interesting, little is much when God is in it. God is the God of the impossible. So this morning, church family, all God really wants from you and I is our loaves and our fishes. He's not expecting us to do the impossible. He's expecting us just to give our loaves and fishes. And when we give our loaves and fishes, he will do the impossible. I don't know about you, but that takes a lot of pressure off of me. And hopefully a lot of pressure off you. Because what is incredible is God can take the loaves and fishes that we give, and when he blesses it, it multiplies. Now, I don't know how that happened. I would have loved to have been there. I don't know if as they reached into the little basket and handed out bread, poof, another loaf of bread appeared. I, I, I don't know how that happened. But the Bible says there was so much to overflowing that there was basketfuls left. And some people want to speculate. I don't know this either. But there were 12 baskets left, enough perhaps for the disciples to go back and go, Wow, here's a tangible example of God working a miracle. And I wasn't so sure that he could. I hope that you and your family have been praying about what God would have you do today. Uh, our family has been praying about it, and our numbers have changed many times over. Because we want to really be really tuned in with the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, this is, uh, we've come to this time together as a church family where we have the opportunity to collectively decide how we're going to stand with God and allow Him to provide through us. And and my family, I'll just be really transparent. We started thinking about numbers, and God has blessed us over the years. I think in part, hopefully, because of our obedience to giving. And as we started praying about our numbers, and the numbers kept changing, because we started thinking, well, this this number actually we can do by ourselves. Why do we need God? We can just pretty much write that down, and we could actually just write the check. Church family, that's not what. I believe God's asking us to do today. I believe God is asking us, by faith, to say, Lord, what could you do through me? And the number will probably be, will be higher. It'll be higher. So I'm going to ask, we've got our leadership teams, uh, our deacons and some of our build team has some envelopes. And they're going to help you get one of these cards and a pen and one of these bright yellow envelopes. And so if you would... Folks, if you'll go ahead and distribute those and give everybody one. I'm going to walk you through this in just a minute. Don't fill it out yet. I'm just going to ask you and make sure everybody gets one first. And we're going to have an opportunity today to, uh, I like to say it this way, partner with the creator of the world. Because really it's not about giving. It's really even not about giving to crossroads. It's really about giving to God. So as you get one of those, just make sure you get a yellow... Um, envelope and a card and don't don't start filling it out yet because I want to share with you one more thing who still needs a card Have everybody got one anybody still need one All right, if you have one hold it up real high so I can see it thank you thank you hold it up real high okay 
before you fill this out, I got to sit down with two heroes a few days ago that are a vital part of our church family, and uh, I want you to hear from them, and then I'll kind of walk you through filling this out. So if you would, if you'll watch this video. So, so thrilled. Mm. So thrilled. So. Brings tears. <laughs> to see this coming, the growth that we went, we got, went down so small, and now we're coming back up. My great-grandfather and those were involved in starting all that. So they, they were starting the beginning of what we see at Crossroads. It's unbelievable. Uh, but we, I know God, this is God's plan. And this is, he's planting the seeds just for God's glory. Then it will stand as long as he permit, permits it to. Mm. To God be the glory. That's my, how I feel. It was for the gym that we raised $10,000 in one, one Sunday. And at that time, $10,000 was a lot of money. You people were not making anywhere, anywhere nearly what they are making today. And um, so that was just astounding to us that we could do that. But you know, in all this building program, I have never known us to default on anything. We've always been able to pay our bills. We've always been able to uh, pay our, whatever we owed on that building, that monthly payment on the buildings, everything. God takes care of us. Hmm. He said, if it's God's will, we don't have to worry. He'll, ta he'll find a way to take care of the, the finances. Hmm. And I'm certainly willing to do my part as much as I possibly can. And uh, I know that's what, what the wisdom want. And I've seen it over and over. We've been through some hard times at Crossroads, but he's always brought us through. Mm -hmm. And I think he can do the same thing this time if we were to put our faith and trust in him and rather than our own abilities, because I, mm -hmm. I can't see us doing it, but I know that he can. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I am so happy to see, what was it, 28 people who joined and uh, so I'm so happy to see them. I'm so happy to have them. Mm. And uh, I feel like God's put them there for a purpose. And I think he's put me there for a purpose. I start <clears throat> stop and see things that happened years and years ago that have been in now. That uh, if I made a different decision, wouldn't have happened. And so you can't ever say that God's finished when you get. But I think we can do it. I think we can build this building. I think it will be a blessing to us and, and to the community.
I believe. I believe. Thank you, Miss Nancy, Miss Linda. You guys are champions to me. One day, some of us will be in that seat. I hope somebody will be coming to interview us and say, wow, how did you guys, how did you guys trust God? That's the way he's called us to live, actually. So I'm going to ask if you would to take this form, uh, this card, and if you would fill it out uh, for us. Uh, You can kind of determine how you want to give. If you want to break a a certain amount down weekly, certain amount down monthly, certain amount yearly for three years. And uh, I'm going to ask Lynn just to play quietly. And you just pray. You may need to grab this hand of your spouse and say, do we need to change our number that we had determined before we got here? And we're going to have a prayer blessing over these in just a second. So I'll be quiet and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to fill that out. finished if you'll just kind of fold that card over so nobody sees it and then if you'll slide it in that yellow envelope if if you've already written on the yellow envelope that's fine but you don't have to write on there and if you want want to seal it you can if you just want to close it the folks that are going to count these might appreciate it if you don't lick it but if you want to lick it you can i don't think anybody's going to peek between now and the time they get it to the counting room so Anybody need any more time? If you need some more time, just kind of wave your hand at me. Okay. Not rushing you. In just a minute, we'll get you to kind of pass that to the end of the row. And we'll ask our, uh, those with the envelopes, if you'll pick those up for us. And deacons will grab those for us. when you're collected those if you'll kind of come stand at the front with those envelopes Heath is going to come lead us in a prayer of blessing that may have been the uh, what did it I'm not sure when Jesus prayed over it prayed that it would be multiplied we definitely want to do that today Anybody still got theirs or need more time? Okay, not rushing anybody. Guys, if you'll kind of bring those to the front, unless you're waiting on somebody, we'll have a prayer together. Thank you, thank you.
Just add a couple more zeros, Corey. I'll be fine. Keith to lead us in a prayer blessing over these. In just a second, I know we're waiting on a couple more. That's fine. I'm not rushing you. It takes a long time to write the word million. It's all right if you misspelled it. We won't, we won't. All right, all right. Everybody got the opportunity to participate? Anybody who's still waiting? Okay. All right. Thank all right, let's God. pray. Father God, we are humbled and grateful for this opportunity that, that you have given us. And Father, we are stronger. We are better together. And Lord, as, as we allow you to accomplish this through us together. Lord, we, we dedicate this time, we dedicate these resources for the advancement of the gospel into this community, for the advancement of the kingdom into this world, so that others, because of our faith and our trust in you, will not only hear the name of Jesus, but Lord, they will come to faith in the name of Jesus. And their lives will be changed. Not only here on this earth. But eternally. Because of our trust. And our faith and obedience to you. God we go ahead and give you the glory. Because it is yours and yours only. For what you're going to do in our lives, through our lives, in this community, through the lives of the, the families in this community that will be reached. And Lord, we're going to stand back and we're going to praise you all the way through and beyond. Father, because when we, we look at what some may see as an obstacle, then we look at the size of our God and we see that nothing is impossible with God. So for your name and your renown, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you. They are going to try to count those so you have an idea of what God did through you today. And while they're doing that, Joey's going to come lead us in some worship. As you leave today, uh, there will be some of these magnifying glasses that you can pick up on your way out. And uh, it's got a little hole at the end of it. You might want to put it on your Christmas tree. I don't know, put a little piece of string in there. But I think there was a lady by the name of Helen Keller who said the only thing worse than being blind is having sight and no vision. And uh, I am grateful to you, Crossroads family, that you are people of vision. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do through us together. Praise the Lord.
Night Choir. If you'll come on, you worship with the choirs. We sing Worthy is the Lamb.
As we know, our God is worthy, and we thank him for all the things as we enter this Thanksgiving season. How thankful we are for our families, how thankful we are for our church, and how thankful we are that he gave his life for us that we may live with him forever. Let's stand together as we sing several songs today. Waymaker, he is that waymaker. And then how we worship him, almighty God. And then we are part of the great family of God. So let's sing these great songs together, okay, today. Yeah. 
let's sing that again. I worship you, almighty God. And let's sing it out real strong to God. You may just want to worship and just stand there quietly, actually. But you may want to just enjoy God's presence today and thank him for moving today. Thank him for doing a work in in your life all through these years. We've talked about those that have stood on these grounds many years ago. But my friends, we stand on these grounds today. And our future will judge, our the future generations will look back and look at us at what all we did here. And let me tell you, I want to be able to, to, for them to say what we say about our past generations. Thank you, Lord, for what they did. Thank you, Lord, for what they did. So today, most importantly, it you know, a building is secondary. But most importantly, I want the future generation to say, Let's read in the history of Crossroads Baptist Church. Those people worship God. They worship God because if we don't worship God, we might as well not do anything else because it's all in vain. Or it's all about Him. I worship you, Almighty God. There's none like you. Let's sing this once more before we do the lesson. Because I'm telling you, without you, my life has very little meaning, actually. But with you, my gracious, we have actually literally grown up in this church. I came here in 1991, and our, our son Tyler was a little over a year old, and uh, we all grew up here. And we grew up with many of you. Because there was a time when we were young. There was a time. I remember those mischievous things our children got into. But I also remember those mischievous things that we got into at times. My goodness. Family. You know, I have my blood family, but sometimes you are much greater than my blood family. 
much greater, much, much greater. As you know, I'm not a speaker, but the Lord has led me to say something today. Four years ago today, God called Bob home, and he would be so proud. He's looking down on all of this as to what we have in front of us to do, a job that God wants us to do. And I just ask you, to let him lead you in the way that he would want you to do this. Thank you. God bless. That's one small example, the family of God. Let's sing that again. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Look at your neighbor and smile. Some of you look like you're recovering from, as a pastor friend of mine says, hookworm treatment. <laughs> I think we should have every Sunday, how could we do this? Because there's only 52 Sundays a year where we have four or five of you stand up here and look at the rest of us. It's difficult. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, I love you, church family. We're off and running and uh, Pledge so far, and we have, I know we have some folks who are watching online, some folks who are sick not here today, some folks who are serving in the children and nursery area, uh, $597,760. Can we give the Lord a big hand? Amen, amen, amen. You got a closing song for Amen, amen. As we close today, let's sing the great song, God is so good. touch the person. You can grab their hand or you can just touch them on their back, uh, whichever you choose. And you may say, eh, don't do it, but it's all right. It's all right. Let's sing this last before we leave today. God is so good. Let's sing it again. God is so
we'll see you tonight at our special Thanksgiving service.